Okay, preparing for live streaming preview. Hi, and welcome to Teaching Illustrators Podcast. My name is Chad Groman. I'm an assistant professor of illustration at RIT's School of Art in the College of Art and Design. Today's podcast is a recording of an artist talk I gave on a solo show I'm having at Main Street Arts in Clifton Springs, New York. We're joined in the beginning of the discussion with RIT's Alumni Association and the Dean from the College of Art and Design, Todd Jokel. Well, uh, hello, and uh, thank you for joining us for this online event. Uh, this is the artist talk with Chad Groman, uh, who I'm joined by, as well as other uh, wonderful guests. Uh, first, I'd like to thank uh, I'd like to thank everyone who has come in to see this exhibition. Um, now that we've uh, been opened by appointment, uh, as well as all those who have seen the exhibition in its online interactive format since the show opened on April 1st on our website. Uh, I'd also like to thank Kat Basney uh, and Lisa Vasaturo from the Office of Alumni Relations at RIT, uh, who agreed to partner with us on an event similar to this uh, way back before our closure to the public uh, due to COVID-19. Uh, we've since changed to an online format, uh, as with the rest of our events at Main Street Arts. Uh, the main part of this event is an artist talk with Chad Groman, whose exhibition up to now has been on view since April 1st. Uh, this is a solo exhibition by uh, Buffalo area artist and RIT professor, and I should also mention alum of RIT. Um, he's the professor of illustration there as well, uh, Chad Groman. Uh, up to now is a retrospective exhibition which highlights Chad's interest in themes ranging from his reverence to the natural world, uh, his family, music, design, and much more. Uh, this exhibition includes a wide range of paintings, sculpture, and mixed media work uh, that showcase Chad's career as an artist and illustrator up to now. Uh, Chad, would you like to say hello to the fine people out there? Yep, hello everyone. Thanks for coming. Um to to talk tonight and hope to uh really looking forward to answering some questions and talking about the show and everything that has come out of it great thank you um and originally this talk was scheduled for friday june 5th however we decided to postpone it uh, to allow space for important conversations about social justice uh, the black lives matter movement and also to not detract from the voices of black artists, authors, and creators. Um, and in the, in the days following, uh, after postponing the talk, we had conversations with Chad, as well as uh, Kat and Lisa from RIT's Office of Alumni Relations at the College of Art and Design. Um, and our, our conversations led to reframing the event to address the reasons for postponing, as well as inviting the Dean of the College of Art and Design at RIT, Todd Jokel. Uh, so, uh, we'd also like to encourage you to type your questions for Chad into the comments section, and we'll get to those a little later. Um, but now I would like to introduce uh, Kat Basney and Lisa Vasaturo from the Office of Alumni Relations at RIT. Uh, so, Kat and Lisa, uh, take it away. I'd just like to say hello and thank you to everyone, uh, particularly uh, Chad and Brad here tonight for partnering with us to bring. Um, this talk together that's open to the general public. So we're really pleased to be part of this partnership and just thank you all for participating and thank you for 
this uh, exhibition and, and hosting this talk. Right, and we'd also uh, like to give a special shout out to Sarah, uh, supporting from behind the scenes. Uh, Kat and I had the privilege of meeting with Brad and Sarah, um, I think almost a year ago now, and uh, we quickly became excited about the possibilities of what might be, never envisioning that this is what might be, but um, excited to partner nonetheless. Um, at this point, it's our, um, we're delighted to introduce the Dean of the College of Art and Design, who is approaching his one year uh, anniversary with us. And so with that, um, welcome to uh, Todd Jokel. Thank you, Lisa and Kat. Um, and uh, thank you, Brad and MSA for inviting us uh, to this, you know, this to be a part of this uh, presentation tonight and to share a little bit about some of the critical events and conversations that have been taking place here. I'd also like to thank all the participants who are joining on Facebook Live. Uh, hopefully uh, this will be a, a great uh, evening uh, and we'll, we'll get to, uh, to Chad in, in short order. And uh, Chad, congratulations on your exhibition. Uh, it, it looks fantastic. And I was just talking to Brad before the uh, live cast uh, began uh, saying I'm going to try and get it down there. Uh, I know it's by appointment, but uh, to see it in person uh, in addition to the online uh, components. Um, so I guess you know we were invited here uh, to just offer some perspectives on uh, things that have been taking place um, socially and culturally around uh, the nation, and uh, of course uh, expanding to around the world globally in relation to the um, the, the, the terrible tragedy uh, involving uh, George Floyd and, and that uh, uh, you know dying at the, the hands of uh, in police custody. Uh, and then the subsequent uh, reactions and calls for uh, change that are that are sweeping uh, the nation and the world right now. Um, as as Lisa mentioned, I'm approaching my one year anniversary and another two months still to go uh, at RIT. And there's been it's been a you know an incredible year, uh, one that no one could have predicted. Uh, and uh, we've we've been moving through COVID-19 and all the changes that that has brought us. Uh, and then uh, additionally, these, these new uh, social and, and cultural uh, challenges um, that, we're, that we're involved in right now. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of people say, you know, this has been quite a rough year. Can you, you know, uh, in, in sort of insinuating, um, you know, could you have imagined this? And no, I couldn't have imagined it, but I can sincerely say that uh, I am very, very grateful and fortunate to be working with such great colleagues at RIT, uh, all of our faculty, our staff, administration, students, alumni, uh, it's been incredible. And then this region, uh, I feel I'm also new to this, this region, moving here from New Haven, Connecticut, which has its own um, history and, and uh, currently engaged in, in social and uh, equity issues that are, that are incredibly important. But I can't imagine being anywhere else, uh, and uh, I've just been very fortunate. So thank you to uh, all of you that have contributed uh, critical, supportive, uh, and engage voices over these past uh, several months. Um, you know, recently I've had some very important conversations with uh, Levine Shepard, who's the faculty member of ours and uh, a longtime uh, faculty member and, and activist in the Rochester area, uh, a talented artist as well, and, and very engaged in, in the, uh, the local uh, arts uh, community and, and just the community in general, as well as a uh, alumnus Charles Gaines, uh, who were both um, very early uh, black 
uh, graduates of RIT. Uh, Charles Gaines was our first uh, black MFA graduate in 1967. I believe he began in 67 and, and completed in 69. And Levine Shepard completing both undergraduate and graduate degrees early in the 1970s. And, and uh, sharing, you know, some of my thoughts and, and doing a lot of listening. I think something that's very critical for all of us to understand right now is there are certainly times to lead, times to speak, and time to listen. And I'm really trying to engage in some very deep listening and understanding what some of the root causes and some of the root concerns are. Um, I've all, we've had incredible students. I think our students uh, stepped up with uh, voices of, of concern and um, calls for action and calls for meaningful support uh, most immediately. Uh, I'd like to also thank John Asp, who is our gallery exhibition, the gallery director, uh, pardon me, uh, for bringing some of those student voices immediately to leadership to say, we need to be engaged here. And, and uh, one of the things that we've tried to do is through our RIT City Arts by, Art Space, which is uh, right at Liberty Pole in the center of, of Rochester, where um, the most uh, vocal demonstrations and, and some other activities have taken place over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've, we've turned that gallery into a, a storefront where students, faculty, uh, alumni, and we hope to expand this to others, uh, are, are able to uh, submit works of art, uh, messages of support around inclusivity, um, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, calls for equity and justice, uh, and a number of other um, messages of, of support along those lines. Um, I'm about to send out a, an update to the entire college, uh, more so along the lines of fall 2020, but uh, this, this email uh, that I'm about to send out follows up on an email I sent uh, about I don't know, maybe a week, a week and a half ago about some of the issues that were, that were gripping us uh, around Black Lives Matter and, and other um, areas of, of uh, social reform and equity. Uh, and, and in this email, I note that we've, we've, we're supporting these, these initiatives, we're supporting these calls, we're supporting uh, the activities, and we're engaging in, in these protests as well. And frankly, I think those are the easier parts. The next parts that are to come, which are the actual change, uh, uh, identifying what the, the root needs and, and, um, uh, and necessities for change are, uh, is going to be the critical and very difficult part. It's, it's going to involve very challenging conversations. It's going to require activity and action that's going to provide systemic change. And it's going to require um, uh, a lot of us to address uncomfortable issues around white privilege, around inequity, around ways in which we're, we're uh, policing and, and engaging in um, uh, Black Lives Matter as well as uh, minority and, and inequity in general. Uh, and I'm, I'm incredibly committed to this. Um, one of the things in my, my uh, sort of extended conversation with Levon Shepard that I referenced before is, you know, I shared with him some of my activities that have been most, um, most prominent or most longstanding uh, in my time in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I asked me, do these things really matter? And I'm not going to go through and enumerate them because that, that's not the point of this conversation. He, he felt they did, um, not, not for any other reason that they, they demonstrated a sense of understanding and a commitment. And, you know, RIT's College of Art and Design is incredibly committed uh, to not only supporting through messages, artwork, and communications, but through action. 
something I, I mentioned in, in the email that I initially sent to our college is, you know, an education in arts, design, creativity prepares us to create the world that we envision. And we're going to be calling upon our faculty, our students, our staff, our administrators, alumni to be very engaged in listening and then uh, activating change. Uh, so, you know, with that, Brad, I'd, I'd love to, to, you know, turn it back to you. If you have any questions, I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, to answer them. But for those that are uh, participating on Facebook Live, for those of you that are connected with RIT or just uh, connected with these movements, uh, we, are, we are here, we're listening, and we are prepared to, to act um, uh, in, in short order. And, and I encourage you to uh, reach out to me, to reach out to Lisa Cat, as well as John Asp in the RIT City Artspace Gallery and others. We're, we're um, uh, committed to, to systemic change and to, to listening and learning uh, what we can do to improve uh, you know, the, the world around us. No, thank you. Thank you so much. That's, that's wonderful. Um, wonderful addition to this, this evening. Um, and I think it's, it's really great to hear, um, you know, someplace like RIT, uh, you know, saying, saying things like that, that we all, I think, need to hear. Uh, and it's definitely um, something very, very positive. So um, I'd like to thank, thank all of you from RIT for, um, for joining us today. Uh, again, for uh, the alumni office for uh, partnering with us and um, you know we we uh, will we'll get on to the the Q&A session with with Chad uh, and also uh, uh, you mentioned speaking with Levon Shepard uh, great great guy um, he was my uh, one of my advisors uh, my thesis uh, and he was actually in our show prior to Chad's um, and Chad was in that show as well um, so uh, Great, great person for sure. So, excellent. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all. Thank you, and we'll we'll flip over to Facebook Live now. So we'll you'll, you'll just have Chad, uh, friend center. Great. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Well, as I said, we appreciate uh, sincerely RIT for joining us and adding to this conversation. Um, that will definitely be an ongoing one for us at Main Street Arts uh, for sure. Um, and uh, so yes, Chad, that brings us to the um, uh, Q&A portion uh, this evening. Um, and uh, before we get right into the questions, um, I'd like to start out by just saying, uh, you know, this national attention stemming from the Black Lives Matter movement has been bringing about uh, positive change and getting us all to look inward and evaluate the kinds of things that we can do to make an impact or change. And so the, the first question I have prepared for tonight is, um, what can we do as artists and arts organizations to work for social justice? And um, before, before Chad answers, I just wanna start by mentioning a couple of things Main Street Arts is doing um, in an effort to bring up about a change in our programming. Um, and I, um, so we're beginning to address uh, the lack of BIPOC artists uh, from our region who are showcased in Main Street Arts programming, and um, that's an acronym, uh, Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. So um, focusing on specifically uh, addressing the lack of these artists in our programming uh, at Main Street Arts. Um, so we'll be announcing a call for work specifically for artists who are Black, Indigenous, and People of Color from our region. Uh, and this will begin with an online exhibition later this summer, and that will ultimately have a direct impact 
an effect on our 2021 exhibition calendar, uh, as well as on into the future. Um, and we'll also be posting a call for poetry uh, from uh, black, indigenous, and people of color um, who are poets and writers from the region. And uh, we'll end up publishing a journal of this work as well. And that will be um, as part of our literary arts programming and also in conjunction with Sulphur Books, uh, which is uh, Main Street Arts' own bookstore. Um, so those are just the first steps that Main Street Arts plans on making uh, in the direction of positive change. Um, so uh, back to Chad, uh, what are your thoughts on the artist's role uh, in social justice and, and human rights? Well, I, I love everything that you're, you're putting into place there at the gallery. And like I think you mentioned earlier, we spoke about this talk was supposed to happen a week ago or something. And we decided that it wasn't time for, it, like Todd said, it was time to listen and to put um, this show aside. And when, um, when this began, it was, it was shocking, obviously. And so you saw, so our, as a, as a, like a illustrator that's promoting, many people are using Instagram, obviously. So um, I think the first thing that we did or that I did was stop posting and, and give a little space for, for voices to speak and, and, and uh, information to pass um, to each other. And then when I started getting back into images, I knew that I felt so strongly, like, what could I do? You know, as a visual person, I'm not a speaker. I'm not, a, I'm not an orator. I can't, I'm not a legislator. I'm not, I'm a visual person. And that's my tool that I have. So looking at how can I make images with or without verbiage to augment and to strengthen in whatever way I can voices that I believe in, in, in the, in the Black Lives Matter, um, you can't call it a movement. It's, it's not a movement. It's been here for hundreds of years. It's so using our artwork to benefit the movements that we believe in or the, the causes that we believe in social injustice that we believe in. And, you know, when I'm thinking about these images, you know, as an illustrator, you're always trying to come up with this great idea. It's not the point to come up with this amazing image and this great statement, just contribute in whatever way you can. So if we're contributing as visual artists, we can make the best image that we can to, to support and to, and to help and to educate ourselves, not just throwing in the image up there, but taking it upon ourselves to like research, read and see what's going on and what we've been missing, you know, as, as a white person, what have I been missing and, and how can I change that? And, you know, your list of, of initiatives at the gallery, that's exactly, that's exactly the point, right? We have, there's protests going on and there's action going on and to make changes in the way that we address making images needs to happen. So, you know, what does that mean for, for everybody? Like, does that mean that we include um, multiracial, you know, people of color in our images? Well, yeah, you know, do we, as a white person, am I always drawing white people? Why? You know, why am I not doing that? I love my community. I'm involved a lot in my community and my community is diverse and I want to reflect that. The other thing that was kind of, that struck me while you were talking was, you know, what can, what can we not do? 
as, a, as an illustrator getting a commission or a job, you have to decide if that, as an artist, you have to decide, is this job in line with my values? And I know um, sometimes it's hard to say no to a job and sometimes you have to. And so like, that's a sacrifice that, that I think people need to make. So to make images that you believe in and not contribute to images that you don't agree with, I think is really important. And, you know, it's, it's always been that way. And I, and I don't think that it's, it's fair to call everybody into being a political artist right now because not everybody has that in them to do. There are things that you can do. And I think doing some search, some searching of yourself and figuring out how can you contribute and, and not contribute in a way that is necessary. That's like, and I haven't seen anybody that's profiting off of it. We shouldn't be, we have to really navigate and be careful that we're doing it right. And, and I, and I know we all can. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, another thing that you had uh, mentioned in another conversation that you and I were having um, was that, you know, we're not working in isolation, you know, um, even though it may seem, especially now, you know, that we've been kind of isolating from one another in our studios or wherever we're making our, our work, um, you know, you're not doing this all by yourself. And uh, the fact that you can, um, you know, tune into what's happening. And even if you're not, you know, an activist or you don't think you're a political person, there's a lot you can do, as you're saying. And um, I think, you know, starting with um, what's most accessible around you and then branching out from there is, is really the best way to, um, you know, get involved and, and also not, you know, not, not bite off more than you can chew at that moment. Like, I think it's important to get involved as soon as you can and in any way that you can. And I think that uh, if you can do it in a way that's sustainable for you as well, then that's, I think, gonna have the most impact going forward. Uh, that's what I've found, at least for my, myself and, and what we've talked about, uh, what Sarah and I have talked about for Main Street Arts and what we can do. Um, so yeah, and I think, um, you know, everything you said was, was great from, from the artist perspective and, and also thinking about um, as an illustrator, you know, what that means for, for you um, because you know there are jobs sometimes that maybe are uh, go against what you you believe in or go against a cause that you support um, and so I think that those are those are all obviously little things um, but they they add up and I think that if we keep changing all those little things in our lives then you know that will add up to be a greater greater change and and that's you know where we see what we talked about from Main Street Arts perspective um, you know those are are really very small things. I mean, it's just realizing that there's a disparity in you know the types of artists that we we show. Um, definitely nothing that was uh, intentional. It's just you know the way that 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 it's kind of um, come to be at this point, and we're realizing that, and we're making a strong change uh, to address that. And then we'll we'll hope that that kind of snowballs, and we we keep going forward. So. It, it reminds me too, like uh, some of the things that have been said was it's not enough to be not racist. It, you have to be actively not racist. So you, we, you may be running on, a, on what's available or the people that are coming in, but then to recognize that and actively go against that is, is important. I, I, li I like that you're doing that. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, you know, um, we also like so we mentioned we have your show up behind me yeah. um it's currently up 
um, it was the beginning of a pandemic when it arrived here. Um, so really, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot going on in the world and it's been, and it's been going on uh, for a long time, but we're really, everyone's kind of tuned in and, and um, paying attention to these things now. Um, but, uh, but you dropped off your work just days after the gallery closed to the public. And, um, you know, what, what was it like to have a very large solo exhibition right at the start of a, of a pandemic? Well, it, it's gone through so many phases, really. So when we first dropped off the show, first it was just coordinating the framing and everything and the expectation of the opening. And then when, when the virus and the isolation went into effect, I, I knew it was disappointing. And it, it's a big show for me. And, and I was really focusing on sick, like sick people. So, you know, when, when these things happen, I, so I started sewing masks and I was really concerned with like my dad and my community and the people that, that needed face masks to like everybody, you know, is wearing them. So I was trying to concentrate more on like helping my community than like the loss of that show. And it was kind of like one thing kept happening and it, it almost became kind of funny. Like we couldn't see the show and then we couldn't do this and we couldn't do that. And then when when you know now black lives matter is is in the front and i have to say that because now the show has allowed us to get together and have this conversation so anytime you can take like yourself and what you're doing and set that aside and put someone else in front that you believe in i think that's a great benefit so i i thought it was unfortunate at first that covid you know in the show but now I'm grateful for the timing. Like it, it really allowed better conversations to happen. Not that that conversation wasn't going to be nice. I'm just happy that I was, that the show brought um, brought these conversations out and gave a format to do that. So it's kind of not really. I mean, yeah, it, the 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 virus took the show away, but did it? I don't know. I don't. It also caused the gallery to make a whole new digital format. So these horrible things happen and we, we have to like, we have to get above the wave. We have to get in front of it and, and run with it and not be pushed aside by it. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to thinking about, you know, artists and arts organizations, um, you know, we're all creative people and we we're problem solvers, right? So we are, um, you know, we're faced with either, you know, a pandemic that, totally stops your planning and, and you can either, um, you know, submit to that and, and say, well, I guess, you know, we'll just open back up when, the, when, when this is over, if, you know, whenever that is, or we figure out an alternative. So in that case, um, you know, it was coming up with the, the interactive uh, version of the show, which really allows people to, to see it as, as I'm seeing it now, uh, even though there's a screen in between them and the work. Um, and similarly, um, you know, having to uh, decide to postpone the talk um, to allow for other, other voices and conversations to happen. Um, you know, I, I think that without uh, having, having your show up and having that plan, um, you know, we would still obviously be making changes here at Main Street Arts. Um, and I think that you would still be addressing things personally. But we wouldn't have, you know, like you said, the opportunity to have this conversation. So I think that, um, you know, that that's another kind of small, small way that the arts have an impact on 
you know, a, a variety of things, but especially, um, you know, things surrounding social justice and, and change for the better. Yeah. I think it's, it's also the longevity of it. Like the endurance, once the, the cameras turn away, you know, to keep going is really important. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, um, you know, something to, to commit to for, um, for the long term, And, uh, that's, that's really the only way that, you know, the change will take hold in our personal lives and then, you know, kind of go, go further out into, uh, hopefully the rest of humanity so and it should change us we should be changed i was having a conversation with somebody about an another program i was running and um and that came up and we need to grow as people and we need to change and and Im and improve so take those opportunities yeah uh <clears throat> See, so, uh, and I think that, you know, these, these questions seem to kind of, there's, there's crossover. So we'll, you know, we may, we may touch back on some of these questions again as we go, but I'll, I'll keep going through, through the questions that I have here for you. And uh, again, if anyone has questions uh, for Chad, uh, you can leave those in the comments as you're, you're listening and we will uh, ask those as we're going here. So, um, so thinking about your, your work in this show, um, as I mentioned, and it's a little bit of a retrospective, kind of looks back at the last uh, decade or so, uh, probably a cross-section of your work because you are, you know, the kind of person that seems like you're always making art. Um, but uh, your work, even though it's varied and, and it's, it's across uh, many different genres and, and, and uh, techniques, uh, always has a consistent voice, uh, even though it travels across a variety of styles and techniques. Um, so I know it's often difficult to know internally your, your motivations or, you know, why you do the things that you do because you kind of, you just do them. Um, but what, do you have any idea what, what kind of holds your work together, especially in an exhibition with such variety? You know, that's a tough question because, you know, that the, the exhibition is a good example of, of a lot of different things. I mean, I work in a lot of different ways. We, we teach. In, in the illustration, we teach technique, we teach, you know, application materials, things like that. That That's actually not so, and I think the show is proof of that. It's not so hard to like learn a technique. You can come up with a technique and run with it a year and then change it. And that's kind of what I do. I, the one thing we can't teach and we don't even need to teach is that, that personal point of view that each artist has in making a picture. The more that you make, the more that that shines and comes out. So we don't need to teach it because every, every artist, as a singular artist, has that. It just, needs to, it just needs to expose itself through repetition, like work. So, you know, you could have a point of view of, I want everything to be small or I want everything to float or something like that, that still wouldn't even matter. It's, it's what comes out of your hand and you can't help that. And that's why, well, not just that I, I love art itself, but illustration I love, but it also just fascinates me because you can really work in any technique. It doesn't matter. It's your message and your voice and your point of view and what you're trying to say to pull out an emotional connection or, or just someone else's emotional connection. But just like we we're talking about with Black Lives Matter, we can say a lot with a picture. 
And if that picture is a, a tree or a whole, a whole slice of life scenery, it's gonna come across consistent because you made it as an artist. So it's, it's part of the fun of, of producing multiple techniques. You can't hide it, you can't hide from it. Yeah, no, that, that's a, a great point. Um, and do you think for you, I mean, has it, has it seemed like it's always been there for you or do you feel like there was a distinct moment that you're like, yeah, this really feels like this is my unique voice or vision? No, it, it wasn't always there for me. And it took uh, my teachers to help me. That's why I like teaching. I got so much out of my teachers and I credit every one of them for where I am from high school to RIT at undergrad to Hartford at graduate school. Like my teachers were really important. And, you know, you get a teacher that can help identify that piece and sift those other pieces away and they'll help you find it. Um, and as I said before, it seems like you're, you're always making art. Like I, uh, I got to know you at RIT actually, yeah. cause I took a, a class from you when I was there for my MFA. And, um, you know, ever since I've, I've known you, uh, which that was, I guess, well, I guess that was 10 years ago, uh, 10 or 11 years ago. So <laughs> time flies. Um, yeah. but ever since then, I, you know, it seems like you're, you're always making art. You're always you know, doing a freelance job or just making something for yourself. Um, and I know that for, my, for myself in, in making art, there's always um, like studio practice ends up taking the back burner a lot of the time just because there's so many other demands in life. So um, I guess what keeps that drive going for you? And also, um, you know, do you ever get burned out and just have to, to walk away or do you somehow push through? Uh, there's a few things there. I think burnout's an important conversation. I, I've never, burnout's no problem. Uh, you know, apathy's the tough, tough one. I don't mind burning out. Burnout, I just rest a little bit and go back. But I, I, I gotta say, I haven't burned out. You know, I, I do make a lot of images and I'm freelancing or I'm doing a demo at RIT or whatever that is. I'm still doing personal work. So I think the, the early part of your question was, how do you, was it, was that with coinciding like personal work and studio work and yeah, just kind of like how, what, what keeps that drive for making work at all going? I, just, I, lo I love pictures and I'm and part of it is I'm not a, like I said, I'm, I can talk, but I can say more with a, an illustration. And one of the things that working with, people are you know, creating images, knowing how much I value community and living things. So I, I have a fire to draw that and to paint that. And I think I'd be kidding myself if I didn't also say I don't know. So an artist as a person, you know, if you are going into art as a profession, that's great. You're gonna make money on what you love to do, you know, I don't know that I could do, I, I can't not draw. I can't not constantly make things. If, unfortunately, if I have an opening in my time, I fill it. I do a lot of work for free. I do a lot of donation. I do a lot of, if it's a, a program I believe in or a, someone that did, needs a lot of artwork that I believe what they're doing, I'll just make it for them. Now that's tough to say because I, I sell work too and I'm, 
within a certain realm. Um, but I believe in volunteerism. So I am, I do make a ton of work and I, I, part of it is because there was a point when I was freelancing before I went to graduate school and all I was doing was digital work and I really wanted to get back traditional. So I went to graduate school and I realized that there was a lot of years that I missed out on making pictures and I, I never forgot like, what could I have made? What, what, if I don't draw something tomorrow, what is not being made and, and for something or for someone as a commercial person, I'm really used to like being someone's hands and I like working with people. So I like executing people's vision and I like contributing to it. I like helping them see something that they didn't quite see. And I love working with people and I love like the excitement and energy of working together. And so when I'm here at my table and I'm just making something by myself, I am still thinking of other people when I make it, which I don't know if that's a good thing. That's what it is. And, um, you know, your, uh, I guess your, your connection to uh, art and to making pictures um, goes beyond, um, I mean, your teacher too. So, I mean, it goes beyond teaching and just making, making art, but you've, you've also recently started a podcast uh, in that realm as well, right? Yeah, and that's been fun because we were talking about styles. I, I went down another technique road that I hadn't been doing. So I'm doing a, 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 uh, like a cover page for each podcast. So I get to paint uh, in this style once a week, although I put it in my freelance too. Yeah, so when, when the podcast, when, when RIT decided that, well, when the, everybody decided that we needed to separate, at first we were really concerned with where each student was and we didn't want to, we wanted to ease into it with our short window of time. So it was like a lot of stuff going on in a really small window. And I felt in illustration, we really transitioned well. This was like, this is our world work. I, I've met very few, if a very small handful of my clients around the country or world. So no problem for us, you know, and I really missed the students and I really wanted to make sure, even though I felt I was giving them, the closest approximation to a classroom experience as possible, I wanted them to have more. So I started teaching illustrators podcast and actually years ago, I had a magazine I started called teaching illustrators and it was interviews of teachers. It's a play on words, teaching illustrators and also teaching illustrators, you know, teaching students, but also by the teaching illustrator. So I brought that back in podcast form and then initially was going to interview art directors, teaching illustrators, and then alumni. And so I started doing that. I interviewed Arlene Osechek from the Fillmore in San Francisco, who I worked with, and she gave a great interview. And then I took that interview, went on my courses, and had the students interact with questions, and then did a follow-up podcast on that. And since that, it's kind of grown into, like, it's going to obviously define its own thing, but it'll always be illustrators, whether they're tattooers, teachers, or, um, you know, the hermit illustrator. And also, I've had a couple of alumni that have really done well. And so, you know, and in their careers, so I wanted to talk to them and give them a voice. So that podcast um, 
I love doing it. It's, it's made me, I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. I've, I've learned um, editing, you know, um, with that. And um, I get to paint every time. And then the, when I came back to, pod, to uh, Instagram to post, I decided, um, you know, I, I had been looking, reading a lot. And someone that I kind of started being friends with through the gallery, actually, um, Atlan. And so I, I became friends with him on Instagram. So I interviewed him and he's doing a lot with, with Black Lives Matter and he's really vocal. I love his artwork, uh, Atlan Arceo Wetzel. It, I would check him out if you can. I'm really like, I like reading his story. I like looking at his work. So I had contacted him to see if he would do an interview with me and talk about visual activism and what he's doing. He's in Chicago and it was a great conversation. So it, um, and it bore out of just meeting him on Instagram. So the podcast, I think once we get back to the, I'm on my 10th episode, this will be the 10th. I'm going to, I'll play this and um, I'll keep interviewing. And it's really great information for students on art director's points of view, creative director's points of view on what they can expect when they graduate. So I made it for the students and uh, it's been a great experience and um, it's been a nice way even to collect with alumni. Happy. And I mean, do you have a sense of, um, I mean, I think you probably would just keep doing it until you don't want to do it anymore. But I mean, do you, you're, at, you're at 10 already. So I mean, yeah. do you just kind of keep seeing that as a consistent, I'm just going to keep doing them and keep doing them and, and just keep posting them as I go? Or do you have a sense of like, well, I'll do this many, take a little break, get some ideas and then, and then do like another second season or something? I don't think so. So I started pretty much after the isolation, after everybody didn't come back from RIT. And I, I see a lot of value in it. I, I see it being really important. I can't wait to get back with students to get some of their questions or even if they, you know, I think, it, I think it's just the beginning. I really, I believe a lot in, in endurance. Endurance is really important to me that if I start something, I want to I wanna run through it. I took a week off and, and to, to move aside for Black Lives Matter and to not post, you know, and I want to be more conscious of, of going, you know, going forward. I, I, I also, as a human being, want to always improve. So I think it's another platform as an opportunity to be a good person, you know, give people a voice. Yeah, and I mean, that's the best best way possible. I mean, you get to just kind of call people up, have a conversation, see where it goes. And um, I think that that's, that's an exciting thing to kind of add to your repertoire, so. And, 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 and it's just fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I really like um, connecting. I've, I've worked with a lot of people and a lot I've had on the, and you know, some I've had on the podcast. I, I want people I don't know on there. But it's a great, I mean, there's people I definitely am looking forward to contacting and getting their points of view on, on anything, you know. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big world out there. A lot of people, a lot, a lot of voices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So, um, and <clears throat> how do you, how, how do you, and maybe you don't even know, I don't know, but how do you strike a balance between, you know, your your illustration, your teaching, your now your podcast, your own personal studio work, 
Uh, I mean, other things that you, I mean, is there a, is there a secret you can share with us or, uh, or what? Well, I mean, the, the art side's like half of it. So I, I also teach Buddhism. So like every week I, I have to produce materials for that. So my family is very active in the community. So it's sort of like our day to day. I, I also, you know, how do I balance making artwork? I, I do make a little less on purpose because I want to, I want to be involved in my family and my community. So I don't, I take jobs that I want to do you, any job that you get can be exciting and to what you want to do. If somebody gives me a horrible job, I can be fulfilled as a image maker. If I can, if that's up to me, you know, I like, so I can be fulfilled for the day if I did a painting for a magazine or if I did a painting for the podcast, as long as I'm doing paintings a day, I'm okay. You know, I, I, I don't think there's a secret. I think you just have to love to make art and, and just really be curious about what you can do. And one of the reasons I have so many techniques is because um, I, I'm just curious what's next, you know. Oh, and that's, that's a good way to be. I mean, it lets you be kind of, kind of open. You're, you know, a conduit for whatever idea might, might come in and then you see how it kind of comes out. So yeah. I think that's great. And sewing too. So there's two dolls behind you. When I was sewing dolls and, and um, I was making, I'd make the pattern, I'd have the pattern printed on fabric, and then I'd make a bag, a sketch bag made for artists that would fit a moleskin and stuff. So my, my skills in sewing now let me make COVID-19 face masks for people. So like, they're not wasted. It's not wasted. You know, I, the, I, I can use my skills to promote my family business of herbal education. So it's great. It all ties in. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually I've got, uh, Chad was, was kind enough to make masks for us at RIT. So I've got mine, uh, right here next to my desk, uh, with this fabric. So, um, yeah. And, uh, and it's so, it's so fun to tell people, you know, when they come in to see their shows now that they can make appointments, that, uh, you know, yeah, this mask I'm wearing, you know, Chad, you know, made the, the design, had it printed and actually sewed this. And then that brings me to talking about the work that's behind me here, the dolls. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's great. Um, and we've actually, in the, in the interactive version of the site um, for Chad's show, you can actually see uh, some of his sketchbooks too uh, at the very beginning of the exhibition. You can flip through sketchbooks and you can actually see um, sketches of uh, especially the, the bulldog uh, down here and uh, other work that's in the show too. But, um, but that's a really great, great feature to have. So that was a good, good job on that. That people, people tell me they saw the sketchbooks. They really like it. Yeah, that was uh, Sarah said, we will, we got to, you know, do something with these and it'd be great to be able to flip through. And then uh, she made it happen. So thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. Sarah's great. Yes. She's talented. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I think, well, there was, I think there was something, there was a shout out, I believe for you, not a question, uh, but it was uh, from Liz uh, Bevan Seaman says, my daughter Morgan says, hello. Oh, Morgan. Um, and she had you at, RIT and admires your work and she's an illustration major so I know Morgan yeah that's excellent yeah I miss all those people 
And also uh, D. Groman said, so proud of you, Chad, dad, so. That's my dad. <laughs> Thanks, dad. Yeah. Um, well, this has been a really great, great talk. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, it's been a great kind of, you know, sprawling talk about what you do, um, but also connected to what's going on. And I think that that's just indicative of, you know, what, what the artist's life is like, you know, I mean, you're, you're reacting to things and you're hoping that the things you put back out there make some kind of impact. Um, so, you know, I really appreciate you for, for being here, um, with us tonight and, um, uh, also for, for RIT for being here. I'm just double checking that I'm not, um, Oh, I guess I just, I'm just double checking that I'm not forgetting any comments. So <laughs> anything that, that came up in the, in the questions. Um, but uh, I'd like to thank RIT as well. Um, uh, Kat and Lisa and Todd uh, and for Todd for, for giving us, um, you know, a great, great talk from, from his standpoint and from RIT. So um, it, thank it's you. Been, yeah, it's been a great evening. So yeah, thank you everyone involved. Uh, it was really great to have uh, such uh, everybody come together for this and um, thanks for putting it on. Yeah. And um, we have had no technical difficulties. Yeah. You can say that now that, that uh, we're coming to a close. So <laughs> we'll, we'll thank you for that as well. Um, so uh, we'll thank you everyone also for tuning in. Um, and uh, we will be posting this uh, in its entirety on YouTube. So you can watch this later. Um, and uh, uh, you know, uh, just just thanks everyone. So yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, have have a great night. Yeah, take care everyone. Thank you so much, Main Street Arts, for putting on the show and this great talk. I really appreciate the RIT Alumni Association and the College of Art and Designs Dean Tajoko for coming on the show as well. I'll see you next time, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. has ended yeah i see that <laughs> um you did it brad Woo.